You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony. You're listening to Talk of the Bay here on KUSP 88.9 FM. Coming up, we have Jeffrey Gonzalez of Sanger Paranormal. Jeffrey, can you hear me? Can you hear me? I can hear you fine. You sound great. So, Jeffrey, Sanger Paranormal, tell us a little bit about your history. What is Sanger Paranormal and what are you guys doing? How did you come into being? Um, Let's see. I started uh, a couple of years ago. uh, I, you know, I, I've been into paranormal all my life since I was a kid. You know, I just, just all this stuff just intrigued me so much that you know I used to watch those great TV shows on TV like In Search of and Kolchak, The Night Stalker, and in Oh, how could we? I love Kolchak <laughs> and Project Blue Book. You remember all those? Uh huh. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, and, you know, I've been I've been involved in electronics uh, all my life as well, and in the security cameras. So with that. Um, I was able to start my own paranormal society, and um, it, you know, it, it all came about about two years ago. And I put this uh, organization together, and as of about eight months ago, I became uh, an investigator and a state section director for MUFON. Um, so every, a lot, lot of it's, uh, it, you know, it's just been happening recently, especially with uh, the Bigfoot photograph that uh, we captured about four months ago, three months ago. So. It's, it's actually really exciting stuff, and um, things are really happening for our organization. Um, and, you know, it's just really exciting stuff. I love doing this paranormal stuff. It just, it just, I just love doing it. <laughs> uh, that's interesting. So you came into this uh, by, from the uh, security cameras angle, and that plays into, uh, I guess, one of the what, – what you were just referring to, the, this recent Bigfoot uh, photograph. Right. So um, tell us a little bit about how this happened. The Bigfoot, um, I was introduced to a, a veteran Bigfoot investigator down here about uh, three and a half months ago. And uh, he introduced me on, he went, actually he invited me on to an expedition up in the east, uh, east of Fresno in the Sierra National Forest. This guy has been going there for about six months. Now you have to understand this investigator has been visiting this spot for six years. And he's been going up six, ten times a year. And he's been going on the weekends, been putting up motion sensor cameras and um, you know, going back three weeks later and retrieving the memory cards. And he's been doing that for six years. And uh, he has seen a lot of stuff up there. He's seen a lot of footprints. He's gotten a lot of stuff on video as well that I have seen that, um, you know, it shows something moving, but, you know, I'm not going to say that that's, you know, a, a Bigfoot or a Sasquatch. You know, it, it was kind of hard to tell. So this Memorial Day weekend, you know, we went up, we camped out, we set up uh, 11 cameras. Uh, three weeks after that, we went up and we got the memory cards and, you know, we downloaded them on my laptop computer really quick. We went through them. We just saw, you know, we saw a lot of bear, a lot of deer, you know, squirrels. And then we went home and then he called me three days later and he goes, hey, Jeff, you know, I was going through the photographs. You better look at number so-and-so and look at the top left-hand corner and tell me what you see. So I had all the pictures on my laptop. I really quick went, 
looked at that picture, zoomed in on the left, top left-hand corner, and I went, holy smokes. Um, I showed it to my wife right there because she was on the sofa right next to me, and she goes, that's Bigfoot. And I'm all, it sure looks like it. So um, it, it, was, it blew me away. I mean, because, you know, we knew it, it, it didn't resemble a bear. I mean, a lot of people said mm-hmm. it was a bear, but, you know, the arms hang down all the way to the knees. You don't see a snout on the face. Um, it has a chin, eyebrow, a nose, just like a human would. So, you know, we went back to, you know, two weeks later, investigated the spot. You know, we uh, made sure Did you sure find that, some physical evidence? Um, you know what? We didn't see any evidence because of the of the area was so dense with broken twigs and brush and the whole nine yards as far as the feet go. We didn't see footprint or hair. So we went to the exact spot where this thing was standing. And you have to understand it's at a 45-degree angle. And where this thing was walking, it, it, I, when you look at the photograph, you think, okay, there's a tree right behind it, but there is not a tree just because... You know, you're looking at the photograph, you, you see that tree on the right-hand side. You have to understand that, you know, this, this, this object was about 150 feet from the camera. Mm-hmm. And in between that, you know, between the camera and the pro- where this object was walking, you know, there's spaces and there's trees and all that. So we went exactly to the spot, and there is no tree where this thing was walking. And we measured it where the, the leaves were covering its face, and it's between 8 and 9 feet tall. So, you know, we, we, you know, we went through all the theories and the possible explanations, and we said, you know what, you know, there's no way it could be a bear walking up a hill 45-degree angle. You know, it wasn't scratching its butt on a, on a tree because, you know, there's no tree there. Hmm. So, I mean, what else could it be? Well, this sounds really interesting. Uh, you know, there's lots of uh, – could you talk a little bit about some of the background of, of, of Bigfoot? Because there's lots of, uh, you know – a, there's lots of skepticism out there. Sure, absolutely. But also, there's lots of theories that make a lot of sense where how such a thing could exist and still evade our uh, ever-keen eye. Sure. And, well, you have to understand where this spot is at in the forest. Mm-hmm. It took us a two-and-a-half-hour drive to get there. Mm-hmm. Okay, we had to, you know, take an, a road, dirt road, a couple of dirt roads to this spot. And it's in the middle of nowhere. I mean, um, you know, you would think that, you know, a lot of people thought that, okay, this photograph was taken just east of Fresno on a little hill. No, man, we traveled two and a half hours to this spot. And you have to understand, it's, it's dense forest. There's nothing there except for wildlife, you know. And so, of course, you can, you know, you can have something hiding up in the hills where there's nobody that nobody, you know, goes to. You know, it's just, it's, it's, it's very probable that there are things out there that we don't know exist, and they're hiding from human contact. Sure, I can understand that. Well, we discover so many new species every year, and, and the, the thing about this species, too, is that it, we're, it's presumed to be fairly intelligent, and if it's fairly intelligent, one would presume that would also know to stay the heck away from humans. Absolutely. It, it, and, and um, you know, they've been doing this, I mean, they've been, you know, hiding from human race forever so obviously they have a sense of smell and a sense of hearing you know a lot of people know that you know if you're going to go up looking for the bigfoot um if you're wearing or if you smell of a scent that the bigfoot has never smelled before then he's going to know you're getting close so what do you think he's going to do he's going to run away from you you know you know it, 
you have to understand that, you know, these things could probably have a sense of hearing that, that they can, you know, listen for miles. And, you know, their eyesight are probably keen as far as darkness goes and, you know, smell as well. So, sure, they can, you know, stay away from people. It's not that hard to avoid humans tromping no, through the through not. the wilderness. We're, we're not very subtle as far as that goes. Now, um, Bigfoot isn't the only thing you guys are covering. I, I thought this was a really interesting story on the on the falling cows. Watch out! There's a falling cow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, let me tell, tell you how about that, that came about. Um, it uh, I, I heard about it from uh, uh, a website called Phantoms Monsters. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, you know this, this happened in Coarse Gold. California, which is north of Fresno, you mm-hmm. know, 30-some cows fell off a cliff. And I said, okay, you know, big deal. Um, you know, I'm sure, you know, this happens once in a while. And then I heard about it happening in Switzerland. Then I said, well, okay, there's that doesn't sound right, you know. Um, I can understand maybe one or two cows walking on a cliff and all of a sudden losing their footing and, you know, going over the side. Um, but, you know, 30 38 cows, and then all of a sudden, the same week happening in Switzerland, that's when I said, okay, there's something going on here, and uh, I decided to uh, notify my team, and we went up to Coors Gold, California. We went to investigate. Uh, we talked to some uh, some neighbors. You know, we passed out our, our flyers. We talked to neighbors to see if they saw anything or heard anything, you know, that, that week, and, you know, obviously nobody nobody heard anything. So it's, it, we're still investigating the area. Um, Obviously, the 30 cows, you know, got spooked for some reason. I don't think they would all run off a cliff. You know, these, these cows have been, you know, grazing up there for years and years, so I don't think they'd fall off, you know, a cliff on accident. So obviously something was chasing them. And, um, you know, I, to me, I think that's really, really bizarre. So, Well, I, I love these kind of investigations. Tell us a little bit about what, what kind of equipment do you bring with you on these investigations? You're into electronics, so do you have a, 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 a psi-meter? Well, I have, um, just like any other paranormal investigator, when it, goes, when it comes to ghost hunting, you know, I have your, your infrared you know, cameras, I have your DVRs, you know, I have um, your um, electromagnetic testers, your you know, temperature readers, you know, all that stuff. So it depends. Um, I even have a Geiger counter in case... Um, for any type of unknown reason that, that we think there's a UFO landing or that I'm going to use to see if there's any radiation. So, um, you know, it depends on what you know, what case we investigate and what equipment we're going to bring with us. So, you know, for the Bigfoot, for example, for the Bigfoot uh, uh, case, we uh, I actually had to modify some of my infrared cameras and for my monitors. So I ran everything on car batteries and had in power inverters, so I was able to run everything you know, using a 12-volt car battery. Obviously, I had four or five car, you know, 12-volt car batteries, but, you know, I was able to convert everything to 120, and, you know, I was able to to see out there, you know, using infrared cameras about 150 feet in front of me. So, you know, depending on the case, you know, I can go ahead and modify whatever I need to, to work, and that's where my electronic background come in, comes into play. This is really interesting. I, I love this idea of, you know, the kind of uh, do-it-yourself spirit uh, uh, of your investigations. And I think, you know, there's a, a wider cultural movement, too, towards crafting and making things. And, and so could you talk, do you, like, uh, have communications with, with other in investigators in other parts of the country? Um, I am, uh, obviously, you know, I am involved with MUFON. Well, explain MUFON. I, okay. What, what is MUFON? What MUFON is a mutual UFO network, mm-hmm. and I, I, they're the number one organization when it comes to UFO reporting. 
Uh, we're a nonprofit organization, and uh, the, the board members and investigators and directors, all all from a high, highly classified, highly qualified uh, personnel. You have retired scientists. You have retired uh, military officers. You have retired, you know, teachers. Um, you know, you have people who are uh, who are in electronics. You know, who are. Uh, you know, uh, who are investigators, uh, police investigators, retired police investigators, detectives, and we all have one thing in common, and we want to know what the heck is flying over our skies. And Mutual UFO Network is um, is well-connected throughout the world. We have investigators in every single country in, the, in, in this world. And, we, you know, our main, uh, our main uh, site is out of uh, Colorado, and, you know, we have um, a website, uh, themufon.com, and if you, you know, happen to see something that you cannot explain, you can go on the website, fill out a report, and they'll assign it to the nearest investigator, and we'll notify you and take it from there. Well, one thing that strikes me that, um, how, how long have you been at this? At uh, the UFOs? At, at all the, the paranormal investigations oh, from the uh, I want to say three, three and a half years. Mm-hmm. Now, one thing that strikes me is that you, it, the the most recent technology, I mean, laptop, ultra-portable laptop computers and a lot of low-cost electronics, this must really uh, help you guys a lot in terms of both collecting the information and then understanding, you know, putting into databases and being able to cross-reference stuff. You know what? A lot, a lot of this equipment now, um, it's, it's very cheap. You know, anybody can, can purchase them. Um, it's just that you know how you have to know how to use them. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to be a paranormal investigator. To be honest with you, I mean, just look on TV. Um, you know, I'm not saying that you know anybody can be a paranormal investigator, but you know, I knew that I could do it when I saw. You know, I've used, I've watched all the you know ghost hunters on TV, just like everybody else does. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, taps ghost hunters. You know, Grant and Wilson. What do they What do they do full time during the day? They're plumbers, you know. Mm-hmm. So you know, again, you know, you don't have to have a, a degree in anything to become a paranormal investigator. You just have to have common sense and curiosity. It's got to have common sense. That's all it is to it. Mm. Now, um, we were talking about MUFON and the Mutual UFO Network, mm-hmm. and of course, uh, not surprisingly, uh, California mm-hmm. is is well. Uh, plagued by ufos um talk that in fact i was just looking at a uh ufo recording on youtube uh recently and i think that was what's the the triangular thing over was that over fresno yeah that's the one i sent you correct yeah 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 talk yeah. about that that sighting that's really interesting stuff there, yes there is for some reason be, be, um between bakersfield california and merced there happens to be a lot of sightings of triangles mm-hmm. um I believe, and I'm going to get to the bottom of this, and I think that we have a secret military base between somewhere around here, mm-hmm. and that's where these triangles are coming out of. Um, on the 7th of uh, August here in Fresno, there was another sighting. The si- that, that triangle that I sent you, that was, uh, I believe, August and November of last year in 2008. Mm-hmm. Now, just recently on the 7th, we had a sighting here in Fresno where this... Uh, uh, a person videotaped a triangular object again, and it was flying over Fresno. You know, it's plain and simple. And what's weird about this craft is that um, I'm sure a lot of people saw the craft, but just 
said to themselves, it's an airplane, you know, and the reason why I'm saying that is because this, you know, this craft had your every day or every night, you know, lights on it, and it had, you know, your strobe lights on it, and um, a lot of people, you know, you have to understand that, you know, in order to fly in our airspace, FAA regulations require an aircraft to have a certain amount of colored lights on your uh, aircraft and a, a certain amount of strobe lights on your aircraft. So when you look at a, an aircraft flying in the air, you need to know, you know, what is FAA regulation. Mm-hmm. And an airplane, you have to have, you know, red lights, green lights, a certain amount of color lights, and a certain amount of strobes. Mm-hmm. Now, the video that the subject took, which is on my website, it has three white lights and one red strobe light underneath it, and mm-hmm. that's it. You know, by all accounts, you know, it has failed FAA regulations for flying over, you know, over, you know, airspace. So I'm not saying it's alien. I'm not saying it's from, you know, another world. Um, I very well could be a military aircraft, and they could have been just, you know, flying it over Fresno, testing the waters. And, you know, by putting a red strobe light underneath this aircraft, it throws a lot of people off. You know, you know, you could be driving down the street looking up and see some lights with a strobe light, and you're, first thing you're going to say is it's, it's an airplane. So uh, a lot of triangular aircraft have been spotted around the central San Joaquin Valley, and um, a lot of people have gotten it on video. It's all on YouTube. It's on my website. You know, it's, it's everywhere, and it's there right out in the open, and you can't dismiss it. You know, is there something going on? And, you know, and again, you know, MUFON is trying to find out what the heck is going on here in Fresno, and that's, that's, that's my job. <laughs> well, well, tell us, too. I, I see here on, on your website uh, there, there was an abduction. Now, this is, this is a, yeah, a bit this, more than just a sighting. Talk this, about the this, abduction. This, yeah, this is very cool. The abduction happened to have... Uh, Except for they, the person who was abducted. Maybe yeah, they didn't think it was actually, so cool. Actually, <laughs> more than one person, the whole family. Really? Yes. Um it happened to be the same person who took that video of that aircraft on the 7th. Mm-hmm. Um, I, with a member of my Paranormal Society team, went down to talk to, this, uh, to the family. And at first, we were there just to talk about the sighting and what he got on tape. But then he started telling us stories about him, his wife, his kids, and his mother-in-law. And they were telling us all this stuff. And I'm going, okay, this guy, you know, pulling my chain? Um, but, you know, after we met with the family and Emerald and I, my uh, paranormal investigator, you know, we talked over and we said, you know, is this guy telling us the truth? It, the things that he was telling us was just blowing me away. You know, it's just unbelievable. Well, tell us, what's, what, what, was he, what was he talking about? Well, um, what happened? Well, first of all, um, and I think the reason why this is happening to this family is because of, their, their, their religion is Buddhism, mm-hmm. and they're doing a lot of meditation, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of people say that when you meditate and you do a really good job in meditating, you happen to uh, open up uh, a third eye, mm-hmm. and you happen to see things that other people can't see. Mm-hmm. So this family was telling me that they could be going down a street, a freeway, and all of a sudden seeing these, see these objects following them in their vehicle, even interacting with them in their vehicle. And, you know, they even had a situation to where they were going down a main street down here in Fresno called Blackstone Avenue, and they were driving down like around 7 or 8 o'clock at night, 
and they notice this light hovering off the right, about two telephones up, you know, two telephone poles up. And as they got closer, it, they found that there was a, it, they looked, it was an aircraft. And this craft floated right over their BMW. The mother and father looked up at it, opened their sunroof, and they're looking at this craft, right? But nobody else can see this craft because nobody else was reacting like the way they were reacting, you know? And, you know, they went and made a U-turn, and this thing just took off, you know? Um, and the things that their kids were telling me, see, they're, they're, the mother and the kids, now the kids are four, year, four years, seven, 11, and 13. Mm-hmm. The four-year-old and the seven-year-old and the mother have been having dreams for the past five months now. And these dreams are um, alien-looking beings coming through the walls of their house and through the doors of their house, but physically, you know, going through them is what I'm trying to say. Walking through the, walking through the yeah, solid walking material. Right through the, you know, the, mm-hmm. the, the wall. This is a common uh, aspect of, yes, of exactly. abduction and, cases. You know, and, uh, you know, they're telling us this, and it's, it's, it's crazy. Um, I called MUFON, the head, the head dubber that MUFON for the Northern California, and I told them what was going on. So they advised me to make sure that this was on the up and up. They wanted me to interview each person uh, individually uh, and get their stories just to see if they would be lying, to see if we can catch up on a lie, right? And so I interviewed the mother, the father, and the kids all separately, and they all pretty much said exactly the same dang thing. And you would have to understand, a four-year-old and a nine-year-old, you know, to get to, 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 and, you know, I, I was thinking They'd have a hard time to, keeping the story straight if it was a lie. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, I, I don't think the father could tell them what to say, and for them sure. to keep the story straight, there's no way. No, no. So, um, I, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I had a, I had a MUFON team of doctors and, and child psycho- psychologists come down to Fresno. Really? Yeah. This oh, is yeah. fascinating. Yeah, we, uh, we, we came, they came down here. On a Sunday, we met with the family, and we had a, uh, a three, four-hour talk with them. They, uh, and they pretty much said after the meeting, you know, this family's telling the truth. And what's really, what's really interesting and what's really going to be exciting in the near future is that the father and the mother want to be hypnotized. Mm, so, interesting. Um, we're going to be sign- we're gonna- I'm, a- I'm actually going to drive them up to Sacramento next month. And the father and the mother are going to sign uh, release forms, and they want to be hypnotized because they feel that the whole family's been it's been vis- it's been visited uh, for, for a long time, and they want to know what's going on. So, so that's really exciting. You know, I you know I've never come across anything like this, and this is just really exciting for me. So, I can't wait for that to happen. Now, you know, we've been talking about Bigfoot, UFOs, alien abductions. And taking them pretty seriously because there is some serious evidence for yeah. them. And, and that's a kind of a, a part of reality that, that's interesting and fun. Now, there are other things we, we've been hearing about, you know, for example, when we talk in the national conversation on health care. Just been hearing ad nauseum about things like death panels and <clears throat> coverage for illegal immigrants and all sorts of other you know, the president isn't the president because he's not an American. We hear all these kind of different wild theories. And I wanted to, to ratchet back a little bit and talk with you about, you know, the kind of consensus reality we're living in where um, things that are clearly unreal. I mean, it's like factually verifiable that 
Barack Obama is an American citizen. Right. And millions of people are walking around believing that something that is not true. And, and yet here we have this kind of interest, too. It strikes me as there, there's some kind of – there's something happening with the way we're uh, talking about reality now. When, when you know, things like Bigfoot and stuff are as dismissed, often dismissed as silly, but there's more evidence for Bigfoot than there is for Barack Obama not being American. Well, you know, um, I, I believe that the reason all this is happening, and you have to understand, this, this is not only happening with Barack Obama, but it also happened to President Bush and Clinton as far as conspiracy theories. And mm-hmm. you know who we have to blame for this? It's the Internet. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah that's oh, a... you know, if it wasn't for the Internet, you know, none of these conspiracy theories would come to play at all, you know, um, like, you know, President Obama not being a citizen, um, you know, like you said, the health care, the death panels, you know. Um, you know, a lot of people, whatever they hear coming from somebody else's mouth, as for example, the news or what have you, they take it as as legit. You know, you know, if, if, if you have to go and you have to do the research yourself, you know, it's out there. You have to go and do the research yourself. Um, you know, a lot of these conspiracy theories can can easily be can easily be you know uh, just verified. If, for example, um, you know, a lot of people are saying, and I'm not saying he is or isn't, but for example, President Obama being a citizen, why doesn't he show his birth certificate? Well, well, he has. They've actually published pictures of it on the internet. On the internet, from that, from the actual White House, from the, from the, I think, believe Hawaii, uh, the state of okay, Hawaii, where he's born. That's a different story. Yeah. You know, it, why not? Why not come? Why not have it put on the White House website so we know it's the real thing? That hasn't been happened. Has that happened yet? Uh, not that I know. Of. Okay, it's coming out from Hawaii. Why is that? Well, that's where he was born. Exactly. Well, okay, but if the White, if the White House wanted to clear this and clear it extremely fast why wouldn't that why wouldn't they get the birth certificate which if they say they have it in his you know personal files put it on the website and get it over with well i think this goes a little bit to um you know a publicity strategy because i think what what's uh, what it seems like is happening sometimes is that um our perceptions of realities are being you know shaped by news and by rumors uh-huh. and, and that i i think that's what what one of the reasons I'm interested in, in paranormal activity is because there's a kind of confluence or an e- equi- equivalence between, you know, talk of Bigfoot and talk of Barack Obama and, the, and all this stuff that, that puts two very, very different things on the same footing as far as what we believe is real and what we're and, – and it's also, I think, too, what we're interested in believing is real, too. Sure. Well, I mean, uh, again, you know, um, to become an investigator, you have to get – to the bottom, you know, of something, then you need to go out and investigate it for yourself, you know, and, and you know, you can do the same if it's not for something paranormal or if it's something out in the open air as, as you see on the news or, for example, for Barack Obama, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, you can actually physically go out and find out yourself. Again, you know, um, if Barack Obama was a citizen of this, of this United States, you know, I'm I would like to see his birth certificate, and you're right. I have seen the one from Hawaii, but that proves absolutely nothing. Unless I, unless it comes from the White House, okay, then I'm going to believe it. 
but I haven't seen it come from the White House. Why is that? Well, I that's that's a, that's an interesting question, and okay. again, I think that's more of a a, a publicity strategy because again, what we're um, what we're be, being told is real, and what we're being asked to believe is real is not just um, things that you've taken pictures of, but it's part of uh, publicity campaigns intended to shape our perception of of this world in well, certain why, ways. Why would they want to keep that a secret, though, from the world? I don't understand that. Well, my my take is is that they don't want to dignify a, a completely insane accusation as something that 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 you know deserves a, a place off the White House website when it's okay. already been addressed by the uh, by the state. Um, now, so Jeffrey, uh, uh, tell me where what's your website's address? The address is uh, SangerParanormalSociety.com, and Sanger spelled S as in Sam, A N G E R. It's a little town just east of Fresno, California. That's where I was born and raised, and that's why I decided to call it Sanger because there's already a Fresno and there's already a Central San Joaquin Valley. So, so I made it a, a Sanger Paranormal Society, and that's that, that's what it is. So. I've been speaking with Jeffrey Gonzalez. He's the founder of the Sanger Paranormal Society. And, Jeffrey, we're going to have you back again soon. Thanks for joining me. Hey, absolutely. You can call me anytime, and I'd love to be on your show. Thanks Thanks for joining us, and okay. we'll talk to you soon. Okay, take care. Uh, bye-bye. Bye. You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony.